0: Last week we started Matthew chapter seven, the the final chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, this section I'm 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 calling it how should a fellow a a follower of Christ act, and you know it's it's um, I think kind of the quintessential question, is it not? You know how you know what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live? You know what is a what is a, a believer in Jesus Christ or not just a believer, but a somebody who really has a desire to walk with the Lord? what is what is their life supposed to look at look like? and in this closing section here of the Sermon on the Mount, I think Jesus answers a lot of these questions. and <clears throat> we we talked about last week, uh, the, the point number one was the the parable, of the beam and the moat. Uh, and uh, and uh, the first thing we talked about, the, the point A under that was judgment. In verses 1 and 2, uh, chapter 7 in verses 1 and 2, it says, Judge not that ye be not judged, for what, uh, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with uh, what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. So the question is <clears throat> what is judgment? And we talked about this a great deal last week. What is judgment? Judgment really is just making a decision. It is not... See, <clears throat> I think what happens in our, in our thinking is when Jesus says this, we jump to the conclusion that what he's saying is don't be judge, jury, and executioner. And that's not, that's not what the word judgment means. Because in our in our kind of our vocabulary today, when when we hear the word judgment, what do we we at least my mind I jump to the conclusion of what a judge says after hearing all the facts. Um, the judge will in, uh, issue a judgment, and and, uh, and then that is where you know it's the final judgment. But really what What Jesus is talking about here is is as we meet people along the way, we are going to make decisions about these these individuals. and he's and he's basically saying here is we need to be really, really careful not to judge with a critical spirit. Um, I was talking with somebody recently <clears throat> on the phone. And uh, so, don't don't think you're going to know who it is because he lives out of state. <laughs> but um, I was talking to this, this guy on the phone, and and he and he says, you know, he says, <clears throat> how do you, when you meet people, not become critical of them? Because what he what he was doing was, is, you know, he's uh, uh, when he meets people that he. he Let's see. How do I want to put this? We we all meet new people every day in our lives, okay? And and there are just some people when you meet them, you just almost immediately don't like them. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And he's saying, how how do I not do that? And I so we talked a long time, and and I, I you know talked to him a little bit about what we had talked about last week about. Not judging with a critical spirit, because <clears throat> what he was doing. When we judge with a critical spirit, we then become guilty of the very thing we don't like them about. Does that make sense? Um, this 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 guy was telling me he's like I don't I don't like, you know their their judgmental spirit. Well, by you jumping to that conclusion, what are you doing? You're doing the very thing you're accusing them of doing. So we need to, and this is what Jesus is saying here, is, you know, be very careful how you judge people. The second thing we talked about last week was our flawed thinking. Point B was our flawed thinking. And Jesus uses the, the beam and the mote, uh, verses 3 and 4. It says, oh, um, And why, beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, when... Uh, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye, or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me uh, pull out the mote out of mine eye? And behold, a beam, uh, excuse me, uh, is in mine own eye. Um, so, <clears throat> so Jesus uses this illustration of the beam, which is a, a, a literally a structural beam. It's not a. It's not a a small piece of wood, but a huge piece of wood And in the the moat that he's talking about here is a is a splinter or even something smaller, just a speck that gets in somebody's eye. and And Jesus uses this absurd word picture to communicate to us that, hey, look, we here we have this all this these problems in our lives. And it's this huge beam sticking out of her eyes. So not only can I not help someone, but everybody else knows that I have all this baggage in my life. Because you can't hide that. And he says, how can you help someone that just has a little speck in their eye until you remove that from your life? So the 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 uh, the flawed thinking that we have and 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 so often so often especially I think Christians want to help people but they very seldom stop to think hey what do I need to adjust in my life to be able to help other people and one of the problems and and I'll be I'll be honest with you one of the problems that a pastor and 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 a, and a, my my wife one of the things that can be a problem in our life is that we tend to pour out and pour out and pour out. And if we are not replenishing and, and, and getting nutrition, so to speak, am I really helping anybody? No, I'm not. And that is so critical that you pray for my wife and I. and the the leadership of this church that we stay in fellowship with God because it is so critical. Because we can pour out and pour out and pour out and we can get so busy and so tired that we don't even realize that we have this beam sticking out of our eye. It's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. So Jesus is saying, Hey, look, Take care of yourself first. John Phillips wrote this. I read this last week. Uh, Whatever fault we see in another person's life can be a mere splinter compared to the massive beam uh, of our own lack of love. There is nothing more unchristian than a critical spirit. And I agree 100% with that statement. <clears throat> the, but I like what he 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 likens the massive beam and that can be in our own eyes as a lack of love and concern for other people, and that is a that is a major major problem in Christianity today. So that's where we left off last week. So let's <clears throat> go to point C, and that would be our right thinking, our right thinking. Look at verse 5. And Jesus, I you know, one of the things I've always appreciated about the Bible and particularly with Jesus is he just gets right down to the point. He very seldom does he beat around the bush. In verse 5 it says, "Thou hypocrite." <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't get to get to the to the heart of the subject, I don't know what does. But he says, "Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye." and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the, the moat or the speck out of thy brother's eye. So what, what is Jesus saying to me as a, as a pastor when I get so busy with the quote-unquote ministry and helping people and doing all this stuff? What is, what is Jesus saying to me when I get so busy I fail to take care of myself? Jesus is calling me a hypocrite. And we we as individuals do the same thing. We get so consumed with 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 work and the and the things of this world that we get we we fail to see the needs, the simple needs for people around us because of all the 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 distractions and the noise and all the things that go on in our lives. We can become so sidetracked with secondary things that we miss opportunities to minister to people. I, I want to read this to you. It's, it's a little long, but I want to read this to you because when I read it, I went, oh, my soul. I, I, it's, what insight God gives some people. Warren Wiersbe Warren wrote this. He said, two extremes must be avoided in this matter of spiritual examination or excuse me spiritual self examination the first is deception of shallow examination sometimes we are so sure of ourselves that we fail to examine our own hearts honestly and thoroughly a quick glance into a mirror Of the word will never reveal the true situation. James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. I I like what he's saying here. A quick glance doesn't tell you anything. The second extreme is what I call perpetual autopsy. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in self examination that we become unbalanced. But we should not look only at ourselves or uh, we will become discouraged and defeated. We should look by faith to, to Jesus Christ and let him forgive and restore us. Satan is the accuser, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10. And he enjoys it when he accuses and con- and, and, uh, and we condemn ourselves. In this thing I just read, I, I believe that, that he brings up some really good points. And I want to I kind of drill down on these for a few minutes because I think it is so important, so important. The first one is the shallow self-examination. The glance in the mirror, you know. <clears throat> Yesterday I, I was going off with, with Mark out into the desert and and I got up and I got dressed yesterday morning. Well, actually, I took a shower first, but then I got dressed and, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> we sat down to eat breakfast. Had a nice, clean shirt on. It never fails. The first bite, right there. I had I had a spot on my shirt right there. Just, I mean, just like like a size of a fifty cent piece. First bite. I'm like, are you kidding me? Now <clears throat> what I did is the whole you know, the whole time I'm eating breakfast I'm looking down at that thinking I wonder if it'll dry and disappear. You know how sometimes it'll do that, you know? And and I kept looking at it, kept looking at it. And then I went into the and we I was getting ready to leave and I walked into the I walked into the um to the bedroom and I and I just kind of looked at the mirror in the bathroom just just a glance and I was like, oh good, it's gone. And then I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> and I backed up and I went, oh. had to change my shirt. I, and Melanie's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not going off with a big old thing of my like, Yeah, I know, but it was I would have been so self-conscious of that. Yeah, you, you know you you are you guys being hypocrites or you do you do it too? Go out in the backyard, put some mud on your Yeah, there you there you go. Just yeah, that I should have done that. But I, yeah, there you go. I could have just blamed Daniel, but you know, but that's what a self that's that's what I think that's what the, the uh what Warren uh, Wiersbe Wearsby was trying to say. A shallow self examination leads to deceiving ourselves. When we don't take time in the word. And the Bible, the Bible refers to itself as a mirror. As we, as we get to know this book, it creates a mirror so that when we look at the mirror of the Word of God, we should be seeing, instead of ourselves, we should be seeing Jesus Christ in us. But that only happens when we spend time in the Word. But when we when we get up and we read our Bible, we're like, blah, 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 blah. okay, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm done. I'm out of here and off with the rest of my day. That that's not that's that's shallow. But spending time in the Word, getting to know God and letting God get to know you and understanding what God wants in your life, it, it we only deceive ourselves. Because everybody else around us can see the beam sticking out of our eye. But we can deceive ourselves. We want to think of ourselves as being better, smarter, and <laughs> more ethical than we really are, or we are even better looking. Did we not? Right? But when we examine our lives, when we self-examine our lives through the Word of God, is when God starts to change our lives. It's the shallow examination that is deceiving. So carefully, with the help of the Spirit, ask God to do a work in your life. And examine your heart. You know, how should how should how should we Come to God with an examination. I don't know how you do it, but I, I come to God and say, God, you show me what I need in my life. Not, not what, what can I find wrong with my life, but what, what do you want to change in my life? And I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I don't always like what God wants to change in my life. First John chapter one and verse eight says, "If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us." I knew a pastor one time, years ago. I, I. I don't even remember his name, but I met a pastor one time that he he said that he he never sinned anymore. He had reached a point in his life where he never he didn't sin anymore. I'm like man, that's pretty. I, you know, <laughs> my first thought honestly was, well, you just did, but <laughs> it's called pride. Just saying. But no, he he really believed that he had reached a pinnacle in his life where he was he was okay. But my Bible says that I sin. And I need that self examination constantly in my life. For second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, it says, Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. So we talked about the shallow self-examination. Now I want to talk about what he didn't call, it. he called it um, uh, the perpetual autopsy, but I want to I call it the overcritical self-examination. And I know there's a lot of people, I know a lot of people that love to beat themselves up because of some bad choices that they've made. And you know what? You're looking at one of them. I can be so critical on myself. We all can. And God says that that's sin. Because it is not our job to judge ourselves, it is our job to examine ourselves. God does the judging. we become so we can become so consumed with our problems and with our bad choices that we literally can become no good to anybody else and i believe this is one of the things jesus was talking about the beam sticking out of your eye is when we become so critical of everything that we do. We can't help someone that has a speck in their eye because we are so consumed. Depression can set in. I've been there. I've never been clinically depressed, but you know what I mean. When we become so critical about ourselves, we are no good to God. We're no good to others and we're no good to ourselves because we're constantly beating on ourselves. We can absolutely convince ourselves or deceive ourselves into believing that we're worthless. And I've been there too. What is the key? You tell me, what is the key? It's called balance. Okay, we need to do self-examination. We need to do that, but we don't need to do it in a shallow way, but we don't need to be overly self-critical either. We need to be honest and we need to sit down with the Word of God and we need to pray and say, okay, God, show me the things in my life I need to work on. The problem is when we do that, oftentimes we come up with this long list. And it's it's an impossible list. And because I can't do this list, then I'm no good. I'm weak. i'm I mean, you fill in the blank, and I mean, we all have our own terminology for it, but the reality is unless we are we are focused on the Word of God through the Holy Spirit of God in the will of God, then we will we' we're going to be unbalanced in our in our self-examination. I, I, I think of it as the the term of the pendulum swing. The temp- pendulum swings all the way over here, and it's the it's the flippant, "Hey, I'm okay. I can I can do whatever I want to do in the liberty of Christ." And then the, the pendulum swings over here, and, and oh, I'm no good. I I can I I I amount to nothing. But where does God want us? He wants us here. He wants us in the middle. He wants us to understand there are consequences to our choices. And we have liberty in Christ, but we are not to use liberty to fulfill the things of the flesh. But at the same time, we're not tied to a ball and chain to this list of things that we need to accomplish. We are to walk in the freedom of Christ in this book and use it as a As an element to change our lives one step at a time. What are some things we should self examine? What are, let let me, you know, Steve is a mechanic. Okay, right? Okay. <laughs> okay, Steven's a mechanic. So um, let, let's say your car is not working. You don't know what's wrong. You're, you, you go, keys in, nothing's happening. You don't know, and you call Stephen. Stephen is, I'm assuming, going to go through a checklist of things, right? Okay, okay, and you start eliminating things, right? Okay. So what is, what is the checklist, if you would, for things that we should self-examine in our lives? Anybody? Thoughts? Thoughts? Absolutely. OK? What else? Our time. That's a, that's a huge one. Most of us take for granted the time that God gives us. What's another one? Our motives. Why do you do what you do? See, it, it. what is more important, what you do or why you do what you do? The why. Okay, what else? Finances. Finances. Absolutely. Anybody else? Choices. Choices. How, how about uh, how about this one? Um, anger. Do, do anybody here never get angry? I didn't think so. Shouldn't that be something that we should take to God in prayer? Or impatience? Getting our thoughts under control. This is this is my list. Our attitudes. Oh, that's a big one. How many of you never have a bad attitude? <laughs> well, I, I can usually go for about 10 minutes. If I'm driving, not even 10 minutes. Just we can get distracted so easily by the the the, per, the peripheral things of life. And Jesus here is saying in verse 5, Thou hypocrite, first deal with your own life. Cast out the beam out of your own eye. Then, then, then shall ye uh, see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Don't don't be so hypocritical that 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 you just glance at yourself and say, yeah pfft, I'm okay. But don't be over here either saying you know what I'm not good for anything and and blah, blah 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 blah. You know, unfortunately, and I'm just being honestly honest honest. I'm just being honest. I live over here more than I do over here. How many of you are with me on that? Don't, don't raise your hands. I'm just saying. Why? Because it it's natural for me to be negative about myself. That's just that's just who I am. I don't like it. But I have to constantly, God has to constantly remind me: hey, get back over here. Get, get away from that. Get back over here. So let me kind of draw. Point number one to a conclusion here. Um, once we have judged ourselves thoroughly and fairly, then we can move on to help other people. And I want to talk about two words that I just said, and then we'll move on to point number two. The first word was thoroughly. We need to, we need to let God show us And and we need to judge ourselves thoroughly. We don't don't need to be flippant about it. We need to be thorough and allow God the opportunity to do the work in our lives. We need that time in the mirror of the Word of God. The other word is fairly. That's the word I struggle with. Fairly. We have a tendency or I have a tendency to beat myself up pretty good whenever I mess up. You know what one of my favorite things to say to myself is? Oh, man, you knew better, Nat. <laughs> How many of you ever said that to yourself? You knew better, Nat. Be fair. But more importantly, learn to forgive yourself. That is key. Learn to forgive yourself, because if you don't, you'll never be able to help other people. Point number two <clears throat> in our what uh, how should a follower of Christ act? So we first point number one we have the parable of the beam and the moat. <clears throat> number two a discerning christian a discerning christian look at verse 6 give not that which is holy unto dogs neither cast ye your pearls before swine lest they trample them under foot and turn them again and rend you <clears throat> There is a lot packed into this one verse and I want to kind of unwind it and talk about it tonight as, we, if, if, as I wrap this up. Um, I believe what Jesus is trying to say here in this verse more than anything is we need to be discerning. We, we as Christians need to be discerning. Many believers tend to be very trusting. And one of the problems that churches, uh, it creates for churches is because many Christians are trusting, we, we can become uh, targets, if you would, for a lot of really bad people. Because most Christians tend to be uh, be trusting. First Peter chapter five and verse eight it says, "Be vigilant, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The word sober here means to be clear-headed or to the ability to think clearly. God says here that we should be, clear-headed the word vigilant means to to be aware of your surroundings you should be alert at all times I remember when I was in the military and those of us that were uh, ever served in the military we all stood watches and one of the things we when when you know we did it in four-hour blocks and for that four hours it was my job to be vigilant be aware of the, my, the surroundings that I was in. Why? Because my fellow, fellow shipmates depended on me to be vigilant. That's what this word means. Be sober, clear-headed, be, uh, the ability to think clearly. Be vigilant. Why? Because you have an adversary. But you take those two words, uh, vigilant and sober, and you put it together and you come up with the idea of being discerning. Understanding the surroundings around you. Those of you that are on Facebook, uh, you saw uh, that if you looked this morning, you saw a quote I put up uh, this morning uh, from uh, Charles Spurgeon. You have it, Chris? There you go discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong it is knowing the difference between right and almost right think about that well I read this quote I was like whoa conviction because what do we do we we discernment is is understanding hey you know what this may be wrong and this may be right but there's that area in the middle that I don't want to be I don't want to be in between. I want to stay over here. Our son Tim was a good kid. Didn't get in a lot of trouble most of the time. Tim's biggest problem was that if we would say, "Okay, Tim, don't cross this line." He wouldn't cross the line. But you know what he would do? He'd go right here. And he'd look at that line. And he never crosses. so he wouldn't get in trouble for it. But what would, he would park himself right next to that line. Charles Spurgeon says, that's wrong. You should be over here. Discernment. Discernment is an attribute that we all need. And I believe that what Jesus is trying to communicate to us. But let's talk about this verse here for a second. Um, <clears throat> it comes uh, <clears throat> on the heel of uh, Jesus talking about judgment in verses 1 and 2. Judge not, let uh uh that ye be not judged for what judgment uh, ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with the same measure ye meet it. Uh, ye meet uh, it, will sh- it shall be measured to you again. Verse six. Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before a swine, lest they trample them under foot and turn again and rent now oh, rent you excuse me then he tells the parable in between those verses he tells the parable of the of the the beam and the mote which we've already talked about teaching us to be careful to clean up our own lives and before we can help others then he then he tells us the, the in verse 6 to discern be discerning with what we do, with what we have. Christ is showing us the difference, I believe, the difference between judgment and discernment. We are not to be hypocritical judges, but we are to be discerning. He says, do not uh, cast your pearls before swine. Uh, uh, do not give what's holy to dogs. And he uses two animals here that to the Jews were, were absolutely horrible animals. They, they were unclean animals. There's no way in the world that, a, a, that a, a true Jew would ever eat either one of these animals. My wife was reading uh, the uh, Daniel, the account of Daniel. Wasn't it Daniel? You told me it must have been She She's reading in Daniel, where it says that Daniel um, uh, was in the, was in the, in the in the palace and he wouldn't defile himself with the king's meat uh, because because to the Jew it was unclean, plus it was offered to 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 uh, uh, idols. And she, she's reading, she's reading, and all the, and she wasn't talking, she was reading, and she goes, oh, it must have been pork, or must have been bacon. And I like, I went, what? She says it must have been bacon. I'm, what are you talking about? You know? Then she tells me what she's reading, and I just, I said, yeah, probably was bacon or pork chops or something, you know? But <laughs> I am so glad I'm not Jewish, man. I want, to, I want to talk about the, the, the dog and the pig for a minute because I, I think it helps us understand the characteristics of the dog and the pig here. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 26, and verse 11, it says, As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. Again, a, a kind of a gross picture here, but God is giving us a picture of a dog. What is the characteristic of a dog? He's going to return to his vomit. Second Peter chapter two and verse twenty-two, but it uh, is happened unto them according to the true proverb that it, uh, the dog is returned to his vomit, again, and the sow that it was washed to her wallowing in the mire. So, by using these two animals, Jesus is doing something r- really. Interesting. How can can we apply these two animals in our lives today? Jesus is saying, do not give things that are holy to dogs, uh, neither cast your pearl before swine. What is he telling us? He's, He's telling us something very, very simple. We need to be discerning who we give holy things to. Why? Come on, talk to me. What is the picture here? Because they're not going to appreciate it and they're just going to return to the old life. Some will mock. mock, But the point is, the dog is going to return to his vomit and the pig's are going to go back to the mire. So does that mean then that we stop... Telling people about Jesus Christ. No, absolutely not. But we need to come to a point where we are discerning and we say, okay, look, I I can spend my time better helping someone else. Because what happens? I, I've 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 seen it many times, and you know one one, one person in particular. Uh, was an alcoholic and I spent hours and 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 what guess what he kept doing just kept returning to the bottle or to the vomit or to the mire and there there was a, it came to a point where I said you know what I am depriving people who really need my help and I can't do this anymore now I I tried I tried I tried but he just, it, it just kept going and back and back. Discernment. So, at what point in that story was there a lack of discernment? Starting at the very first time, was that more certain amount of time? I, I, th- I think about halfway through, I, I was undiscerning. Okay, I really do. I i, I believe at the beginning, um, I, I, I was doing my best to help. But then it got to the point where. Um, later on, I realized I went too far. Does does that make sense? So I I believe that's where discernment, because you can't, what is is discernment? Discernment is the ability to understand the surroundings and then make a choice. But you can't make the choice that, you know what, I've invested enough in you. I'm sorry, but, you're you're you need somebody that is a whole lot more capable than I am Exactly. And so somewhere in there is where discernment kicks in and we have to say to ourselves, okay, enough's enough. Because the pattern is going to just continue to repeat itself. Does that help? Right. To help them change and they don't do their project, then you know that. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's, one of the, that's one of the things that I've learned uh, through, through this process uh, is, you, you know, it, 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 it became where I was the one making excuses for them, if that makes sense. Because I didn't want to give up on them. But the problem is they had given up on themselves. No, no, I, I, I don't believe, no. I, I don't believe there's ever a point where you never help people. No, that, that is not what Jesus is saying here. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah for me, in that, in that particular case, it was kind of in the middle where I, I just in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 14 to 16, it says, this, "But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him." neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. See, there's the key, the key right there, spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For whom hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. It is through the Spirit of God. See, this is this is where going back to verse uh, verses three through five is so critical in in learning discernment. When we take care of ourselves and we walk with God, then we are able to see clearly to help other people. And in our attempt to help people, there will be some people that we just need to, through discernment, learn to say, okay, I've done what I can do. That is called discernment. And Jesus says here, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give holy things to dogs. We can discern because of the Spirit of God. And the fact that I have done everything I can do in my life to get the beam out of my eye, God can give us the ability to discern how to help other people. Proverbs 26.11 and 2 Peter 2 both reveal a character flaw in 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 some people that we try to help, and that is the fact they just keep returning to the same old lifestyle. This character flaw is also seen in people that reject truth. I know people that I've witnessed to multiple times throughout the years, but they're just going to keep doing what they want to do. And it's not my job to change them. That's God's job. My job is to plant the seed and to water the seed. But God gives the increase. Let me read these two verses again. Proverbs chapter 26 11, As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 22. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb. So, Peter here is quoting part, part of Proverbs 26. The dog is returned to his own vomit again. And he, Peter adds this, and the sow that is washed to her wallowing in the mire. They will always return to what is natural to them unless they are spiritually changed. And I believe that there are some people who are born again but they have no desire to change. That's a sad place to live. A few weeks ago on Sunday morning I preached a message on false false teachers and I said this, the greatest destruction to the church today is not coming from without but is coming from within. And never in the history of the church, never in the history of the church do we need discerning Christians more than we do today. Because the church is under attack. And, and, and we read it earlier, Satan is not out to give us a hard time. He's out to destroy us. We need discerning Christians. Christians. Jude 11, woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on Sunday morning here we have pride greed and rebellion but there's a warning in verse 6 let's read verse 6 again <clears throat> give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. The warning here is this. Not only will they not appreciate what you do for them, but they will turn on you. And it says that your pearls will be trampled underfoot. The, the, the idea here of the word trample literally means to stamp heavily on, not just, not just step on them, but to, 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 to the point where they, they, they will crush the pearls. To drive them into the ground. The word rend here literally means to be torn into pieces Violently. Discernment, we need to be discerning. Unfortunately, I know people in our church that will come up to me on Sunday morning and they'll put their arm around me and say, Hey, Pastor, I love you. But the hate in their heart is destructive. That's a a horrible place to live. They've made their choice. They are the the dog returning to the vomit, the pig returning to the mire, waiting for an opportunity to turn and to pounce. In our church. It's a real problem. It's a real problem. And Jesus is saying here that we need to be discerning. and We need to be able to understand and discern and say, okay, that's a problem. How should a follower of Christ act? The word is discerning. Now, let's put it all together. We talked about judging ourselves, self-examining ourselves, I should say, not being flippant about it, not being overly critical about it, but using balance in our lives. All that culminates into the ability of discernment. If we are balanced in our self-examination, and we have we have balance we're spending time in the word of god we're spending time in our prayer life and we're doing the things of god then we have the balance in our lives so that when things happen and people come into our lives the spirit of god then can can tell us hey that's a dog or a or a pig you need to be careful does that make sense one of the things that I'm, I'm 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 wanting to be very very careful here is I don't want to come across as being judgmental myself. I'm just telling you what the word of God says. We need to be discerning. Jesus never says, "Hey, stop helping people because they'll turn on you." No, he doesn't say that. If anything, he says just the opposite. Help as many people as you can. But there comes a point Discernment needs to kick in and say, hey, look, this person's about to turn on you. How many of you have ever heard the saying, no good deed ever goes unpunished? Have you ever lived that? That's where discernment didn't get kicked in quick enough. We need to be discerning. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, I am so thankful for the Word of God and the power that the Word of God has in my life and can change me from the inside out. I'm so thankful for that. So grateful for all that you do. Lord, help us to walk with you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.